it's Kayla Wren, your host of Discovering the Balance. Today is episode two, and we are going to talk about Zion National Park. If you listened last week, I said that we were going on Monday and leaving Friday, (laughs) and turns out we were going Monday, leaving Saturday. So we ended up having four full days in Zion. So I'm going to highlight a few things from our time there, including the campground and our hike up Angels Landing. And then I actually have a surprise guest already. So I can't wait to introduce this person and I'm sure they will melt your heart. And then lastly, I'm going to answer one of the most common questions we get about our RV lifestyle. Zion National Park. What an experience this was from the campground to the trails. Just everything about it stole my heart. And we have now been to nine national parks since starting this escape. And Zion quickly became number one. Um, I could go on and on, but for the purpose of the podcast, I'm going to stick to kind of a review of the campground and what we thought of um, staying without water. And then also our experience with Angel's Landing. So let's start with the campground. So it was beautiful. Now the space that we had, not every space was like that. Like we walked around multiple circles and many trees blocked a lot of views. So we really, really did luck out. Um, Fun fact, I did all of the trip planning from when we started on August 6th all the way till April 19th, 2021. And then um, we'll pick up with some details on like how we split our task and whatnot. But Jeff took over trip planning and he did this with Grams. So this last campground was my last one. And so far I had not had any bust where it was just like, uh, what did you get us into kind of things? Um, and man, I went out with a bang. So we filled up with our water tank right as we arrived, got into our site. We're just completely awestruck with it. There was plenty of, there were plenty of trees in between sites. Um, it was very spread out and the energy was just insane. I mean, at all times of the day, you were seeing people arrive and they are making the most of it. They are going out at five o'clock, six o'clock, whatever time they get in, most people are immediately going out. So the campground is literally within the limits of Zion National Park. And so it's right next to the visitor center. So we would wake up seven o'clock. We are seeing cars just pour in Um, and it continued all day long. So my overall rating for that campground really goes to just the overall energy of it and how you just felt like people are here to adventure and there is just something very energizing about that so could not recommend staying at the campground anymore just know that you do have to book out six months in advance um so you got to know you're going when we booked in October, um, we only had like three sites to choose from. So it's very, very limited. And it's also cool to look around at all these people and be like, you and I six months ago, like we were making plans for this (laughs) and you're all there together. Then, um, regarding the water situation would not have made it without grams and pops. So Riley had not seen grams and pops for, well, none of us had seen grams and pops for four and a half months. 
So Riley basically said, see you later. And he spent every single night with them. Of, of, of course, we were like all together during the day. Um, but every night he stayed at Grams and Pops and enjoyed the dish-free life um, that that probably was for him. So when you don't have a dishwasher, your child becomes permanent dishwasher or dish dryer. So I'm sure he enjoyed the break from that. Um, so we had the advantage of Riley using their water. They were not able to stay in the same campground. So they were literally just like a walk outside of the park and right down the road, um, which was great. Um, so Riley showered there and then my mom received shower tokens for the place that they were staying at. So I was able to shower there and then Jeff showered at the rig and we were able to make it but just barely. Oh, and then on top of that, we thought we were there till Friday. We were there till Saturday, which if you can have four full days in Zion, do it. I mean, it was, it was just magical and we didn't ever feel rushed. We felt like we had time to truly just enjoy it. Um, and we felt the energy of the people like power walking past us all the time because people are just go, go, go. So overall, give it 10 out of 10, even though it didn't have showers. Um, there were showers available. Again, the, the campground literally was right within the limits of crossing over like the pedestrian bridge. And from there, it was like the Zion Outfitters and like Zion restaurants. And I mean, you're within walking distance to all of that stuff. And the Zion Outfitters... I mean, they knock it out of the park between their rentals for the Narrows, which is like your whole full get up gear so that you don't get wet. Um, and then they have showers there and <laughs> the showers cost $4 for five minutes, um, which is pretty steep. So we could have, we would have had to have done that, um, had we not had access to Grams and Pops being in a full hookup campground just down the road. But the price difference is insane. Again, like I said in the first episode, this can be as expensive or as cheap as you try to make it. Um, I believe their campsite was around $78 a night. Now it was full hookup, which is awesome. And they were within walking distance to Zion. I mean, they only had to walk less than a mile to be able to get to the entry point. So it was a great location. Um, but ours was $30 a night. So huge, huge difference, but it takes planning and it takes making sure that you are available to book those sites literally the minute that they become available. I am from Nashville, Tennessee, where I thought getting tickets to Ryman Auditorium are hard, which they are. They're near impossible to get. But <laughs> RVing and reservations, especially for like national parks and state parks and core parks, those really great where you get to experience nature parks that are also pretty cheap, you've got to be ready. <laughs> and people are vicious. I'm just kidding. It's just the internet and it completely depends on how fast your internet is. So overall, 10 out of 10. If you can do it, please stay in the campground. You will not regret it. We actually have a special surprise guest today. I am super excited that already on episode two, I am able to introduce to you a new voice, and it is Riley Wahelski. Riley, can you say hello to everyone? Hello. <laughs> How are you today? Good. Good. Um, tell me, did you like Zion National Park? 
Yes, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, why was it so cool to you? It's just cool how water can move mountains, can shape mountains, I mean. Like carve them out, basically. Right, yeah. The force of water is super powerful, isn't it? Now, we keep a ranking of our national parks, and we've visited nine so far. Where do you rank Zion National Park right now? Number one! Number one! He has not let go of that number one spot up until now, right? Or have the Grand Canyon passed up? Yeah, the Grand Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon is number two now? Yeah. Number two. I mean, the Grand... And then White Sands. (laughs) And then White Sands. We could go on and on, couldn't we? Well, Riley wanted to get on here to tell you about something he learned at a ranger talk this past Friday at Zion National Park. So, uh, take it away, Riley. What'd you learn? So, the, the ranger was talking about a spotted owl. And how people, they were hiking in the Narrows. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't know what the Narrows is, it is where you're hiking in a very narrow canyon, usually in wetsuits, mm-hmm. in water. In water, yep. But they saw some spotted owls and s- some babies, and they took a picture. They didn't have good service. But then, once they got back to service, they uploaded to this app called iNaturalist, and they, and then the next day, Zion biologists were out there and making that the making sure that the spotted owls would be protected. Be protected. That's right, because they weren't endangered. The spotted owl is very common in Zion, but they are threatened. That's right. So she told us about this um, concept of what we all can be. What was it? What was that? Citizen science. Citizen science. Um, Am I a citizen science? Yes. Are you a citizen science? Yes. Most of you that are probably listening are citizen science. And all that really means is that you have a curious mind, right? And maybe you want to get out there and explore. Yes. So she told us about the iNaturalist app, which is, what do you do? You just... Upload a picture. You upload a picture of an animal or or a plant, Plant. Mm -hmm. and then the scientists will come look at it, Mm -hmm. make sure it'll survive. Yeah, people, other, other citizen science people will comment, they'll maybe tag it, or in the case of Zion National Park, they're keeping an eye on these things so that they can make sure that those spotted owls remain threatened and And not endangered endangered so that's riley's first segment thank you so much for joining you did incredible i can't wait to hear what you want to talk about next right yep all right we'll talk to you soon bye Angel's Landing. So Jeff and I knew before we even arrived to Zion that that was definitely a hike that we wanted to conquer. Um, Jeff is (laughs) a little bit more fearless than I am. So I was a little concerned with the crowds. Um, We had shuttle tickets two days to go in actually into the canyon. So if you are visiting Zion, a need to know is also that there is a scenic drive, which is beautiful. You go through two different tunnels that the CCC built um, and it's just breathtaking views. 
So for sure do that. But if you want to go like access Angel's Landing, Trailhead, or any of the pools or the narrows, um, you could bike or do a private tour. Um, I wouldn't recommend walking. Um, but mainly it's shuttle, which it honestly is so much more enjoyable because when you're on the hikes, you're not looking down at a ton of cars parked everywhere. And you're also not having to battle the cars yourself. So they kind of take that out of the equation for you. So we knew we had tickets Wednesday and Thursday because Annie, our puppy was going to doggy daycare, but we knew we wouldn't be getting up to like angels landing till probably like noon at the earliest. And the crowds are like none other. Um, we went to a ranger. Well, we went to three ranger talks on Friday and we learned that Zion, uh, is the number one or like the most visited national park in Utah, but that Zion in the last five months has had record breaking numbers like never seen before, which is just kind of crazy given that it's also been COVID. Um, but again, we have seen that all across the country of just people are wanting to be outdoors because it's safe. You know, it's an easy, safe thing to do. However, the crowds <laughs> on Angel's Landing, when you're, you know, holding on to a chain, I was just a little scared that that would make it even more difficult and more dangerous. And, you know, I'm cautious over here. So we had had this crazy idea that maybe what we would do was we would hike Scouts Landing on Wednesday when we got onto the shuttle and the shuttle would let us know what the like grade of the road was between the campground and the trailhead to do Scouts Landing and then Angel's Landing. So we thought maybe on Friday we would bike the five miles there, hike Scouts Landing again, do Angel's Landing there and enjoy it with like far fewer crowds and be off and done with the trail by like 9 or 10 a.m. <laughs> so Wednesday rolls around. We are doing Scouts Landing with Grams and Pops. We're taking lunch to go up there and we get on the shuttle. And so we're on the shuttle and we're going along the road and it is just like a slow but steady grade up. And Jeff looks at me and he's like, I don't really think you're going to enjoy that. And I was like, mm, I don't think so either. So we get off the um, shuttle and we go to the trailhead and you can see Angel's Landing. And I will post pictures um, that I have like kind of referenced in this episode. So be sure to check those out on Instagram or Facebook at Discovering the Balance. But we take this picture and I remember standing there <laughs> looking back at it and seeing the top of Angel's Landing and feeling like, I think this might be in my future today. And I really wasn't prepared for that. Like I mentally was not prepared. So we start on this hike, we get to Walter's Wiggles, which is just a bunch of switchbacks. I mean, it is no small feat just to get to Scouts Landing. I think the elevation um, is a difference of like a thousand feet just there. And when you arrive there, you can quite literally see Angels Landing, the beginning of it. You see people coming on it or going on it, people coming off of it. I mean, there's crowds everywhere. Um, my parents, actually, all of us, my parents, my sister and I, we were all here in Zion 16 years ago. And I don't have as much of a memory very little memory, which is actually quite sad. 
oh, to be 18 and not appreciative of such beautiful things. But um, my parents said that it was just completely different. Like when we hiked it 16 years ago, we were the only ones up there. And you get up to Scout's Landing and it's like a party. There are people everywhere. So we get up to Scout's Landing and Jeff and I are just looking at each other. And I I just, in my head, I'm like, I don't want to hike that again. Like that was not, it wasn't extreme. It wasn't difficult, but it wasn't like a breeze, much less bike it. So I just knew, I knew it was inevitable. Like if we were going to do Angel's Landing, this was the moment. So I scarfed down a peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) Thankfully we had been smart and packed two sandwiches for each of us. Scarfed down a sandwich, went to the bathroom which they do have bathrooms up there. Quite nice. They're not nice. It's just quite nice that they have a bathroom up there and come back. And Grams is sitting there with Riley and she says, is it okay if Fox joins you guys? And I was like, what? Yes, absolutely. Like, please join. So super, super cool. When we were here 16 years ago, um, Miranda and I stayed at Scouts Landing and Grams likes to say that we like plotted out their will of like what we were going to receive while Grams and Pops went on to do Angel's Landing. So it was just incredible to me that Pops at age 80, which I know if you do know who Pops is, then you would probably not guess that he is 80, but just the fact that like he wanted to do that for himself again and that we were going to get to do it with him. So Grams gladly said, I'll be right here with Riley. Y'all go have fun. (laughs) And off we went. So here we are. We're about to take on Angel's Landing. And the first part is probably one of the gnarliest parts because it is full chain, but it's also kind of like on the side of the mountain. Whereas a lot of times you're using chain just as like something to hold on to as you are climbing, um, climbing up. Um, but this was kind of like, you're kind of slanted. So you definitely had to wait on people and whatnot as you were passing. So we started out, Grams had told me beforehand, she was like, listen, Pops is too nice. She was like, if y'all get into a crowded situation, he's going to put himself on the side of a cliff before he makes anybody else. And she was like, do not let him die. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So we sandwiched Pops. So I was in the front and Jeff was in the very back, which I was so thankful for because I had told Jeff, uh, I think just the night before, I was like, I'm not actually that worried about me. I can drop it low real quick. I am only five foot two. He is six foot five. It just takes him so much more time and whatnot and effort to get down low and the chains from pictures and like YouTube videos that we had watched previously. Um, the chains look really low. So I was more worried about him than anything. So we get on our way and pretty early on, we come across two girls and one is like, she's not okay. Like she is just like, I'm going to be okay. She wasn't hyperventilating, but she was having a hard time and she was questioning whether or not she was going to be able to move forward. So we all kind of had to pause for a moment there, these two girls and then the three of us, because there was like a a group of people coming down. And so we were waiting for them to get past. So she decides 
she's going to try. So she's right in front of me and it's just beautiful. Like this girl that is with her, she's encouraging her. I'm encouraging her. Like she was looking around. I was right behind her and I could see her looking on both sides. And I was like, please stop looking around. (laughs) I was like, just look one foot in front of the other. Don't look around. The views will be at the top. Like just, you have got this. And so she does, of course she gets it. And so we're moving along and (laughs) encouraging one another. And then a few minutes later, one of the girls yells out, she's like, we don't know each other. Like we're not friends, (laughs) which made it even cooler. And I honestly want to say that the best part of Angel's Landing was that team, team spirit. I mean, you quickly became a team because you really couldn't pass certain places like two people cannot pass. So we would have to like ask people like, Hey, we've got like a team of 10. Can y'all hold up for just a minute? Because you're winding around and you really can't see. And it was just beautiful to see people who were all out there for one mission. Everyone was trying to see and conquer Angel's Landing and make it back down safely. Nobody was in a rush. Nobody was irritated when somebody was having a hard time or needing to take a breath. Everyone just wanted everyone to have an enjoyable experience and to remain safe. And for me, I just think that's maybe one of the best parts of doing what we are doing is seeing how little it takes for us to be able to come together. I think we live in a time where we're being told that (laughs) we're all so different and we don't have anything in common. And in reality, we have so much in common. So for us, the experience was fantastic. Getting to the top, the views were absolutely breathtaking. But it was that team environment and seeing people you know, they weren't, they weren't afraid to get (laughs) close like it was before pre-COVID. I mean, it's, it's a different story when one wrong step could mean that you fall off of a cliff. And so it was nice to see people just, I don't know, acting like things were before COVID hit. Um, I know we can't live in a world, um, and pretend that it hasn't happened. It's happened to everybody. Um, But it's really nice to have moments where you kind of forget about it all and you just have a really amazing experience. So we get to the top of Angel's Landing and it was such a treat. We didn't know actually until a few minutes later, but we really had it only to like ourselves and maybe five other people. So we get to the top. I tell Jeff to put his sunglasses down and he's like, you know, like typical husband. I'm just like, seriously. And I looked at him and I'm like, listen, I did not wake up thinking I was doing Angel's Landing today. So I need to do something with this crazy curly hot mess because obviously we're about to take pictures. So he puts his sunglasses on. I throw my hair up. We take incredible photos. Pops, ah, just so thankful to be able to have this photo of Pops and I standing up on Angel's Landing. It was super, super cool. Of course, it was great for Jeff and I, but it was just a really special experience to be able to do that with Pops. So if you are ever at Zion, please choose from Angel's Landing or the Narrows or do both. But both of those activities are just going to be something that you will keep in your memory forever. So since this is a podcast on RV travel and lifestyle, I thought I would answer one of the most common questions we get when it comes to like, well, how do you do 
XYZ. <laughs> um, so the number one question I think we get is probably, how do you get mail? So there are many different ways that you can go about receiving mail. I know that there are companies that you can pay um, that will actually open your mail and scan it to you for a like fee. Um, but for us, we have our home address as Grams and Pops address in Nashville. So <laughs> that address has been my home address. I don't know how many different times. Um, so all of our mail goes there. And of course they were home for a period of time and now they are also traveling. And so they have somebody in the neighborhood that helps tend Graham's garden and um, also pick up the mail for us. Um, however, USPS um, does for free a digital um, copy of all like the envelopes. And you can pretty much tell what most things are. Um, so if we ever see anything that looks like, mm, I don't know why I would be getting something from them, we can always have that person open it for us. Um, but that's just the least of it. I mean, we live in an age where most people order most things online. So online shopping has really become a thing of the past for us. And there are good things about that and obviously there are not, not so great things about that at times as well. So to take us back to where we left off, um, we were bebopping down the road to Alabama. I think I mentioned, if not, we for the first four weeks just followed Grams and Pops. They had already planned like a six week trip where they were going to come down to Jacksonville for Riley's birthday. And so for the first four weeks, we just said, we're just going to follow you. We have no idea what we're doing. So it can be like a crash course on our being. So we followed them, had not had one ounce of time to even look into where we were going. I mean, truly, we had no time. Um, so we arrive and find ourselves an hour from even just a Walmart. So bye-bye <laughs> Franklin, Tennessee and hello middle of nowhere, Alabama, where we would remain our entire time in Alabama for four weeks, actually. So because we had watched so many YouTube videos of different RVers, um, full-time RVers giving advice on getting started, how to park, how to drive. I mean, seriously, those 30 days leading up to us leaving at night, all we did was watch YouTube videos. It was actually really fun. It was a great way to unwind from the day. And it was just also really nice. Jeff and I finally had a new hobby together and we were both brand new at it. We both had no idea what, what, what we were doing and we were learning together. It was really, really nice. So all of the full-time RVers will tell you when you're getting started, yes, of course, there's a long list of like, you have to have these items, but a lot of the stuff, you don't know what you need until you get out on the road. And unlike any other, you know, oh, I'm moving, I've got a new space. You know, you, you have a new house or a new apartment or new anything. And you're like, oh, I have new space. I can't wait to buy all the things for it. Well, in RVing, all those things weigh something and you quite literally might not have the space for those things. And then what do you do with them? So we had really been very minimal on what we purchased for the rig, um, other than the bare necessities, not realizing <laughs> how our first four weeks were going to be mm, pretty desolate. I mean, the second location we went to was Pickensville, Alabama. 
their population was 500 something. Um, after that, we went to Demopolis and the saying quickly became that it felt like a metropolis because it did have a Walmart and it was like a population of, I think like maybe 5,000 people. <laughs> so that month was um, a huge lesson in patience. And it also was a huge wake up to what we think we need yes like yes were there things that we needed but we were able to get by without them and when you think of something that you need and then look at it well I can't get this item for a week you pretty quickly realize like okay is it really a need because if I needed it that wouldn't be okay like a week would not be okay um so yes it was a huge just eye-opening experience of just kind of the culture we've become so used to this like instant gratification especially for those who do live in the city I mean we're used to thinking of something in our head of like oh yes I need that and then 30 minutes later you've checked Amazon you've checked Target you've even checked Google and let them shop for you you found the best price and it's gonna be here tomorrow like that's what we've become used to it's kind of crazy when you think about it so it's definitely a learning experience. RV lifestyle is not for everybody, and that is a huge part of it. If you are a, a huge online shopper, I I don't I don't know how you would fare, <laughs> um, because just depending on where you are and the adventures you're seeking, you're probably going to be in a lot of remote places. Um, so needless to say, after we departed Grams and Pops, we headed to Uncle Gary and Aunt Katrina's, and we had our first mooch dock, which is you don't stay in the rig, but you just kind of convert the power um, amps all the way down to be able to like plug in so your refrigerator will stay on. Um, so they received a lot of mail. <laughs> Our honey wagon um, was shipped there, which if you don't know what that is, if you don't have sewer, which is common, um, you have to have a honey wagon to pour all of your waste into and then hitch it to the truck and take it to the dump station. It's a super fun process. I don't actually do it. Jeff does it. Um, we only have like a 25 gallon honey wagon, but still that's really heavy. <laughs> so it's again, it all comes with the territory. So yes, we had a lot of mail shipped there. We've been able to manage. I mean, honestly, we have come to really enjoy seeking out local businesses and supporting them. So if anything, I would encourage everyone to look for ways to do that because it's so much more enjoyable and you feel better about your, I mean, I feel better about my purchase whenever we get to meet somebody who is actually of that community and we feel like we're putting money back into that community that we're visiting. It kind of feels good. Whereas, I don't know, I used to have bad Amazon guilt. I would order something and get there the next day and I'd be like, well, this is great, but man, I just spent more money, you know? So for the things that you really need, or maybe even just really want, um, it's kind of fun to seek out a local business, find that item in a store and, you know, support the community you are in and be a good neighbor. So overall, in answer to the question, we don't really get mail. <laughs> um, we definitely have challenges depending on the type of campground you stay at hugely depends on whether or not you can receive mail. Again, it all goes back to how expensive you want RVing to be. Obviously, we are going on the cheaper side with this whole, <laughs> we quit our jobs and sold our belongings 
and live on the road. So we don't stay in a ton of privates. Most privates will allow you to receive mail, but it's a timing game. My best friend, Lauren, um, <laughs> she has two great birthday cards for me. My birthday was in February. She sent them to Boulder City and had them guaranteed two-day, and they still didn't make it, and so went right back to Nashville. So, yes, it has its woes. It's not always great, but RV Lifestyle has definite drawbacks. It is not for everybody. I haven't even touched the shower issue, which I for sure will get to. It has to be addressed. But again, RVing is like anything else you choose in life. It's going to have pros. It's going to have cons. It's whether or not those pros weigh out the cons for you. And so far for us, we can deal with the mail issue. We're doing just fine. Okay, that about wraps up episode two. Don't forget to head over to Discovering the Balance on Instagram as I'm going to post a few pictures that coordinate with this episode. Um, I thought it might give a little bit more life to some of the stories and honestly, some of the scenery, it just, it has to be shared. (laughs) So tune in next week for episode three and follow along on Diesel Dolly's Great Escape as our family discovers the balance.